KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. We've all had that one annoying coworker, the boss who gives you more work but no recognition, and the seemingly endless to-do lists with no time to do them. It's a lot, and it might feel like a spiritual battleground for how you'll handle it all. At least that's how it felt for Thane Lowry. I thought I'd left the office. I hadn't really left the CEO role. If I'm being really honest, it's kind of shock to see just how much, even as a Buddhist. My mind was pervaded with it. Now his experience navigating through it all is playing out in a fictional book, The Buddhist CEO. Laurie says other CEOs who've read the book have reached out to him with similar feelings. Eternally, I didn't actually feel as happy as I thought I would be, but I arrived there in terms of so-called success in the eyes of the world. I'm Matt Leon, and today on KYW News Radio In-Depth, we talk about Western society's obsession with work, what it means to have a successful work-life balance, and what this could mean for the future of work. What inspired you to write this book? Well, someone I think it maybe hasn't been written about maybe enough, or I haven't certainly come across it myself that often, that how many people are out there in the modern world and try to live a good life and possibly following a religion or a spiritual practice. It could just be even somebody who's not religious, just wanting to live a moral life. And that dilemma when that comes up against the workplace, a difficult colleague, a decision we can't understand that's been taken by the by the company. And it's a real it's a real sort of a spiritual battleground that's often not talked about. So I just feel this was an area that was uh, maybe under underspoken about, underwritten about, and just thought how many people are out there struggling in the day-to-day workplace to uh, resolve these issues? I just felt we would also let people know they're not alone. Many people go through these struggles. They're not uncommon. And that uh, there are potentially ways to work through these these issues. Often, I think it's looked to the past. You know, these great spiritual masters lived in the past. And I'm not saying I'm a great spiritual master, but I think there are lots of people today... The ter- in the book, I use the term suit and tie sages. There's lots of people out there trying to live well and struggling to do it in the modern world or trying to balance them. Just thought it was a subject that may interest a lot of people and maybe let them know they're not alone. Did writing this book and kind of looking at your own experiences through new eyes, if that makes sense, like as an author, did it open your eyes to anything? Yeah, I suppose looking back on it now, when I, when I was a CEO myself, and uh, I'm still involved with the company when I was CEO, yeah, I think it's, looking back at it, it was incredible to realize just how much in my mind I got caught up in the company, even though I was trying to live a Buddhist life myself. I was still meditating and practicing mindfulness and trying to live in a sort of ethical way. But you know, maybe thinking back, I maybe kidded myself to some degree that I was quite good at leaving the office at, say, 6 p.m., going home. In some ways, I, I thought that was a good sign that I'd left, that I was trying to get a proper work-life balance. But in reality, I was thinking back, at it, although I'd left the office, I hadn't really left the CEO role. If I'm being really honest, it's kind of shock to see just how much, even as a Buddhist, my mind was pervaded with it, almost the omnipresence of the of the company. Taking a, a kind of a broader look at this, kind of past just your experiences, but a conversation about the work life balance, because I think this is something that the pandemic 
a lot of people had kind of a, an awakening or just kind of a realization maybe is a better word of how wrapped up they were in their job and how much their job was dominating everything. And all of a sudden, either time off, whether on purpose or forced on you, or the opportunity to work at home and kind of take a deep breath with things. I think a lot of people started to reassess things. What are some of the the bigger things we get wrong, you think, as a society when it comes to balancing work and relaxation or, or work in your your home life and you know not just from a spiritual standpoint just kind of an overall kind of a human standpoint yeah i definitely agree with you about the covid that many people have um, reflected upon that and enjoyed being at home possibly enjoyed you know that balance between working in the office and working at home i think certainly in the western world we put work maybe first quite often or certainly as a huge place in people's lives and I'm not against work and I sort of see myself as being pro-business in many ways but I think there's a lot of um, fulfillment can come from work it's just how much work we do and I think we do need to ask ourselves if we're always working we're working long hours um, and that's often something that's being seen as being something to aspire to you're doing very well you're, you know you're good guy or a good girl if you're actually working that 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 kind of map hours and you know it's something to be proud of and I find more and more that one of the sort of strange or unexpected sides of the book is the fact people have read it and, and readers who have reached out to me say I felt like that too on the face of it they're very successful they are very good at what they do very good at leading their company or their department and have made it successful but actually inside a lot of them have said although I was successful when I got there and the world said I was successful, but internally I didn't actually feel as happy as I would, as I thought I would be when I arrived there in terms of so-called success in the eyes of the world. And once we reach a certain point, you know, we'll have a certain level of comfort at home and access to food and, and clothing. And after that, I think um, there is something about people wanting to find time, wanting to find time to do their own thing, be quiet, to be peaceful and take, take part in things. I think part of the overall culture is always about accumulating things and that happiness is to be found in the future. And one of the things that has interested me the most about Buddhism, and particularly Zen Buddhism, is that happiness is to be found here and now, not in the future. They can be found in doing mundane tasks, like the washing, the dishes, cutting the grass, you know, going to work. And they can be found now living here in the moment. And rather, often our minds are thinking, if only I had this in the future, I think about things that pass. I wish that hadn't happened, and all that hadn't happened. I think that's quite contradictory to the modern society, and uh, where we think we have to have more things to be happy. I think some having some things can make you happier, but it's not all about that. It's actually finding peace just in everyday things. One of the stories, one of the things in the book, I make the point that um, the main character enjoys visiting a Buddhist monastery. He goes there on retreat for a few weeks at a time uh, each year. And he really enjoys just being in the silence of the monastery. Just, he very rarely gets a chance to experience that silence. It's a lot more that life's so busy. And I, I think there's something in that, you know, that can we give people a chance to experience silence and, you know, as well as meditation. And could that kind of ancient knowledge, ancient traditions, could that actually benefit people today where they, where they kind of balance out with enjoying modern life as well? You kind of referenced this early in that answer, like we, and specifically, I will say American society, American capitalism, 
really pushes you towards the hustle lifestyle. Like you said, go the extra mile. And, you know, a lot of jobs, people are expected to do things that maybe don't fall under that umbrella or expected to do be on call constantly, even if you're not getting paid for it. It's just part of the job and, and stuff like that. What would you recommend to somebody that's, you know, tough, stuck in that like hustle lifestyle, but wants to find space for themselves? Yeah, well, obviously it can be difficult depending on where you are, the world and, and uh, which city you're working in. One is I think you can always change yourself in your approach to life. And, um, you know, I think starting with that, some sort of spiritual practice. I'm, I'm a bit surprised with this. I'm not promoting Buddhism over any other religion, by the way. I see Buddhism as equal to other religions. I don't see it as being better than other religions. It could even be yoga, Tai Chi, something to help ground yourself. Whatever appeals to you. I mean, Buddhism appeals to me, but it could someone else could appeal to other people. I think I think that can greatly help to help change your own experience of the world and your own day to day experience of things. If you're in a company, I mean, I'm a great believer in that there's always power in every situation. I realize it's not always the case, but you know, you, you have the power to try to influence things, I think, in your company. See, you'll know what the parameters are, but can you influence things from the inside? Research suggests it's often people in the middle of companies that bring about the greatest change, they see something that's wrong, they have an idea, and they approach a senior manager who gives them the permission to go ahead. So, can you try and change the culture from within, at least in a, to a small degree? Uh, whether that's just even trying to make your company more greener or create some sort of well being space within, within the organization. Now, a lot of companies are actually open to things like that. No, but it might change it to a certain level, make it more bearable. Who knows if it's a success for the company, senior manager, it might be more willing to, to try these things. I think there's always that ability to change ourselves and then even have some courage to try and change things in a small way, even within our sphere, within our company. It might give you, as an individual, a sense of satisfaction, even trying to do that. At least you can say you've tried. And I think you referenced earlier, like people have reached out to you, you know, after reading the book. And I would imagine a lot of them are, if not CEOs, maybe, you know, high level people in different companies. Are you starting to see people in power start the the wheels start to turn and, and kind of understand that it can be different, but you can still get close to the same results? Yeah, I think there is a start. I think it's maybe a slow start, um, but that, that certainly seems to be a start. I think particularly younger people coming through. Sometimes the younger generations are maybe you know, criticized to a certain degree. Sally here in Scotland and the UK, you know, has been maybe lazier or not as committed. But the more and more I think about that, I think it's maybe actually the opposite of that. They're just actually not willing to necessarily put up the things that my and your generation put up with. I think companies, maybe if they're going to capture these young employees and the talent coming through, realize maybe the workplace has to be slightly different. And it's quite, I got a sense that the, the younger generations want to do well and they want to do well at a job. They're just not willing to necessarily work 12 hours a day for it. And uh, I think that's going to bring about some change. It'll be interesting. I think it'll take a maybe a decade, 15 years to really play its way out, I think. But uh, I've definitely seen a recognition of some companies that if you treat people well, they will do a better job for you. Uh, but I don't think it's it's a, it's a sea change just yet, but I can see signs of it beginning to happen. Do you think the status quo will continue to push back, or do you think, as you were just kind of saying, this younger generation and people have kind of gotten a taste of the other side, do you think we will 
see things has like kind of the Overton window, if you will, kind of shifted for the work life balance uh, forever. I think the status quo will push back, and um, but I think the younger generation, I do think, are beginning to say we're just not willing to live like that. I think it's going to take time. I think, and I think COVID it did make people reflect across the, the world. We we were really quite locked down in the UK for certain periods of time where we were only allowed it once a day, take some exercise, and then run for you know a month or two at a time. And people really missed simple things. Like what people have said to me, I didn't realise that going for a coffee with my friend on a Thursday morning or whatever it was was so important to me. I just went, and now when I was taken away from it, I realised actually it's just an act of going out and seeing somebody. And, Talking about the, I don't know, sport and the weather, the things, the nice things that are happening, and um, really missed it. And uh, I think people didn't really reflect upon their work and life. And I think many people went to work. I, I went to work, and I think work can be a positive thing as well. It just we just have to get it to the right level. I think where people aren't becoming unwell and so stressed, and um, an element of stress probably ruining people's lives, but not at the level it can get to in the modern workplace. So. I think change will come, but I don't think, I think there'll be this tension between the status quo and younger generations and people of all generations who have reflected during COVID. And I think that's going to come. And I think there will be a, a slight shift at least in more flexible working. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.